right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi, who is at Michigan International Speedway. And uh, he, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll try to talk more than Jordan today because Jordan is struggling <laughs> with his voice uh, a little bit. I want you to save it. Um, I know the podcast is your top priority, Jordan, but I don't want you to talk too much and lose your voice for the entire week. He doesn't, no. he's not, he does, he's not contagious, apparently. You, you, no, I'm not contagious. You don't have COVID. I, I, I've tested multiple times for COVID. I'm not positive, so we're good. So really, you just want to talk more. Let's be honest. Start times. I wanted an excuse to talk more. Yeah, this is my dream Why don't podcast. You just start with the start times because I think that's probably where you're. No, I, I actually proposed to you that I would do like the whole podcast and you could just type your <laughs> responses and I would dictate them. Then I could talk the entire time. It would be lovely for me, oh. not for everybody else. How anyway, great of a race was that though? Like seriously, it was a very different what, race. That was um, great. You've just you just uh, once again the new car, the next gen car, has just transformed. Uh, I think the way we look at these tracks. I mean. Uh, if I was going to guess on the poll, which I'm not, I mean, I would probably <laughs> guess that that's going to be one of the higher rated Michigan races, um, since the poll's been around, if not the highest, I mean, Michigan, great race. I mean, and, and you know, how many races at Michigan have just been like, oh my gosh, this is just terrible or this is boring or, you know, um, I mean, really it just, I mean, and, and honestly too, I mean, we can just jump into it right away. I, I just think. I I just think this is this is the best season ever. I mean, this has to be, and we haven't even got to the playoffs yet. But the way that this season has just kept delivering, just storyline after storyline, and and all the different drama and so so many unexpected things. We are this late in the season. We are in August, and despite our best efforts, everybody's best efforts, uh, odds makers included, I guess, um, really nobody knows what's going to happen week to week in this crazy series. Uh, it's just wild, and I mean, you wouldn't think of Michigan as like, oh, a, a wild card type track, unless it was going to be weather shortened, unless there was going to be fuel mileage. But this was a wild card ish race today, based on mistakes people were making, based on the racing. Um, just what what we're getting right now from NASCAR is just is it's great stuff. It is, and what stood out to me was this was a great race, a lot of exciting exciting moments, a lot of passing, but it wasn't like a, you know it wasn't constant side by side racing. But there was a big strategy element as well. You had guys, on, you know, so many different strategies and when to pit, when not to pit, um, comers and goers. And I think you made a really good point, Jeff, in that this was kind of, this race today kind of encapsulated the season kind of as a whole. Where Denny Hamlin, fast race car, pit pit road issue, and another race where they probably should have won that thing going away and they didn't. Kyle Larson, another mistake, and it just you've all these things kind of bubbling up. And then and here's Kevin Harvick who over the summer has just kind of gradually gotten better and better. And because he's not winning, people probably aren't noticing this, but they, they have figured out a way to make that car better. And, and they, even though Ford is struggling and has had their moments where they're just been well off, this team is still grinding out good finishes. And the guy that let's be honest, we kind of dismissed is back in the playoffs and is back in victory lane. And it, it's a cool story to see and it, that this guy that we were ready to, at least probably me, not maybe so much you, who was ready to shove out the door, is is still getting it done. No, I think that's totally fair. I mean, it, and first of all, Kevin Harvick. I mean, NASCAR is unquestionably better off having Kevin Harvick in the playoffs. I mean, he makes he makes the playoffs more interesting by his presence. So I think um, to have him in the playoffs, he's going to mix things up. 
might cause a little controversy. We remember last year with Chase Elliott and all that stuff. Um, but Kevin Harvick's presence will be a talking point and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how far he can go. Um, great day for Ford, huge day for them, obviously. And, and you're thinking, well, they've won all these, you know, a billion straight races at Michigan, but that streak's obviously going to end now this week because Toyota is so fast. Ford hasn't had the best year and, um, you know, they end up, they end up getting it done. That said, uh, I think, you know, I don't think this is insulting to say Kevin Harvick did not have the fastest car today. I think we should go through and say, let's let's list the people of who we thought have a faster car than Kevin Harvick. Number one, Bubba Wallace. I would say he probably had the 100%. fastest car today, right? Yes, um, I would agree. So, now, why did not he not win? I mean, you could point to the last restart, which he obviously blamed himself. I would go all the way back to that first competition caution where they decided to pit and lost their track position, and it took them the entire race, really, to overcome that and get him back up there in a position where he could contend. Um, I don't think he ever led another lap after that, right? I mean, he he led the first 21 laps, and I don't think he ever led another lap. Let me look real quick. I thought but, he cycled in the lead at one point again, but don't hold he? me okay. for that. Don't hold me for that. But he didn't, he didn't establish himself. Yeah, you're right. He, he, he led one more lap uh, later, but he led the first 21 – laps and he led one more lap at some point so uh but yeah like that that you know that hurt him a lot i mean that really did a lot of damage in my opinion um, i would agree with that i would agree with that i would also say this that the handling on that race car went away a lot in the middle stages of this race and they were not able to figure it out quick enough to kind of get it back around and once they did he was able to get that track position moved back up but between the, the losing track position and the car handling going away, it just wasn't, it was, it was too little too late where they just, they figured it out, but by that time they just couldn't get around it. And that last restart, when he was battling with Logano, you either got to clear him right away or you got to get in behind him and kind of work together to, to, to run down Harvick and then pick your spot to pass. You can't sit there and do this battle with him because it's just not going to work. And that's what happened is Harvick ran away and ran his lead up to 4.5 seconds. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, you could see Harvick's lead ballooning as as um, Bubba was stuck behind uh, Logano there. And, and I was almost getting um, sort of, you know, uh, you'll, you'll remember the the Harvick-Logano-Kansas battle from a couple years ago in the playoffs where uh, Harvick just could not get around him. And that ultimately cost him um, a Final Four spot. And uh, I, I was almost getting those kind of vibes a little bit from from Bubba being stuck behind Logano there where, you know, it just seemed like the air, you know, it wasn't as bad. He, he was finally able to clear him, but, uh, you know, that really cost him a lot of time. Um, obviously, uh, I would say Denny Hamlin, maybe second fastest car. Is that fair to say? I mean, he was really fast and yeah. I mean, judging on how he was able to get back up to third after his pit road penalty, um, so costly that team just continually shoots themselves in the foot, just, an unbelievable amount. And, and it was, uh, you were lurking behind his interview, um, on, on TV afterwards, but he, I don't, I don't know if you heard what he said, but he basically, they basically said, how do you clean this up for the playoffs? How do you fix this? And he's like, he had no answers. I mean, he, he didn't he just, know. I mean, yeah. it's just bad. It is. It's, it's mistakes that need to be corrected because I don't know. I mean, how many wins he could have this year, six, seven, eight. I mean, he should be running away. He should be the number one seed going to the playoffs just off of wins alone. Forget regular season points. And it just, it's repeated. And his, when he was informed that he had a pit road penalty, his response of like, 
basically like, really? Again? And then like his crew chief was like, like, oh my God, no. Yeah. No, and it was like, yeah. And his crew chief's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not making it up. And it's just like, it's another one. And I have said like, he should be considered a championship favorite because they legit every week, regardless of the track, except for road courses, they are out there doing what they need to do. But these mistakes are costly and you have to be concerned. Like this is going to crop up in a cutoff race at an inopportune time. And it's going to be, it's going to prevent him from moving on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that was, I mean, yeah, man, I, do you trust this team? I guess that's the question. I mean, you, it would be tempting. Like to, I, I agree with you because yeah. they have the speed every week. He has the talent. They have, a, he has a great crew chief. They have, they check all, all the, the boxes except yeah. for one. And that's just, they're, they're, they're the Ferrari of NASCAR in a lot of ways. Like they're, they're like, you kind of expect them every single week. Like they're going to be fast and they're going to have an issue on pit road. And I, I was actually going to, I mean, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was going to sort of prompt you and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're obviously hard on Ferrari a lot and, and say Ferrari's going to Ferrari. Um, I mean, at what point do we look at, you know, sort of this team and go, man, they, they make a, a lot of Ferrari esque, uh, decisions and yeah. giving races away. It seems like it's not just Denny Hamlin's pit crew though. It is a Joe Gibbs racing pit crew issue across the board. And that extends to 2311. We have talked about Bubba Wallace this year. It cost him potential wins at Kansas, Nashville, maybe Charlotte. Um, we, Kurt Busch has had issues. Christopher Bell's had repeated issues on pit road. The only crew that the only team that hasn't really had issues is Kyle Busch. And Across the board, Joe Gibbs pit crews are just not performing to the level you need them to where you don't have confidence. Well, in, in terms of the Ferrari theme, I mean, Toyota in general sort of Ferrari this race today because they basically had, you know, probably, I, I don't know, you know, Ty Gibbs ended up coming back to finish in the top 10 as well. I don't know if you could have said Truex is one of the fastest cars, but they at least had probably four of the fastest cars at Michigan. Um, when you look at Christopher Bell, the way he was oh. performing. Um, and then he just sort of lost patience there for a second uh, with Chastain. I mean, I, I don't know what – I mean, Chastain had a lane, and I guess Bell just sort of hastily tried to move up and block. I don't I don't put that one on Chastain. No. And then the Kyle Busch one of, like, the same thing. You know, he, he pits with a really fast car at that competition caution. You did not have to pit in that stage. Uh, the, the seven of the top eight cars in that stage – Stayed out the entire time. Um, they pitted, lost track position behind the Rick Ware cars. Rick Ware cars, you know, J.J. Ellie causes a mess, and Kyle Busch is out of the race with an extremely fast car. So, I mean, it, it's shocking because we went into this weekend thinking Toyota's going to be fast, and then you see practice, qualifying. Wow, they are really fast. And I was legit thinking, Toyota, possible one, two, three finish, maybe even more. I mean, this is going to be a dominating race. Uh, based on what we've seen, and they they just gave it away. They they uh, just multiple in multiple instances. You have to be frustrated if you're Toyota because you had this race circled. They were very very optimistic coming into this track. They had a very successful test here. Bubba Wallace said that this is a track that he came to and he thought he was going to win this race. He expected to win this race, and you don't hear that from Bubba talk about that on a non super speedway. And so all of the Toyotas come here, they back it up in qualifying, and it's like, okay, it's not, is is Toyota going to win? It's going to be, which Toyota is going to win? Exactly. And then they just have issues. And I, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with you about the track position at the beginning. I, I don't know if it was as big a deal because 
you, you could make moves. I mean, Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin came from the back, and, and they were making moves. Guys could pass. And so, yeah, track position matters. I, I just – but, again, you just – you got to be perfect. You ha- can't have these continued mistakes. And putting yourself in a position on a restart where you're going to be running with a bunch of squirrels, you know, that's – you're setting yourself up in a bad spot. Well, um, speaking of not making mistakes, I mean, Kevin Harvick, um, you know, that's, that's how you win these races. Sometimes you, you have top five speed essentially, and maybe some people give things away, but you, you know, like Rodney Childers was saying afterwards, I mean, everything went perfect for them today. Their pit stops were great. Their strategy was great. Uh, again, other people sort of messed up and it all worked out for them and it, and it sort of opened up and that's, you know, what, what we've been waiting for, for a long time, but you don't know if it's ever going to come again. Um, and for Harvick, I mean, I think it was starting to be this narrative of like, hey, you know, he won that that Bristol race for his ninth win of the year in 2020. Um, seemed like he was marching toward the championship. Um, obviously failed to make the final four um, and had never won again. And it was like, you know, given his age, given the point he was in his career, uh, the way this season's going with the new car, it didn't seem SHR really has the speed. And you're like, well, I mean, it's it's pretty believable that he would never win again. I mean, to me, like it was it was getting I, I to that agree. point. Um, now, you asked him in the post-race press conference, you know, a lot of veteran drivers tend to think, hey, you know, I, I appreciate these wins more because I don't know when they're going to come. And, and he totally dismissed that. And he's like, I expect to win all, all the time. And I'm, I'm going to expect to win until the, the doors close, basically. But it's a great Kevin Harvick answer. It is. But I, I, I don't see how he could think that because they, they haven't even been close mostly. So, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, it, to me, I, I almost picked up on the emotion a little bit in his voice after, after the race, I know you were out on pit road, so you, you probably couldn't hear his TV interview, but it, it almost sounded like he was, you know, emotional about it. But then of course, in the, in the interviews afterwards, like, well, <laughs> you know, he kind of dismissed that it seemed like, but I don't know, man. I mean, to me, if I was that age and knowing how hard it is to win races now, I'd be standing out there going, man, this might be my last win. I better enjoy this. And I'm not saying it will be, but you get to a point in your career where you just don't know. I I agree. I I always go back to Jimmy Johnson in in 2017. He came off that seventh championship. A lot of things had to happen for him to win that title, but he still won the title. He wins three of the first like 11 races that year in 2017. And you're thinking, wow, like this is – you know, he's going to put himself in the spot to maybe get that eighth. And if it isn't this year, it's going to be next year, right? And then he's the number one seed going to the playoffs that year, and they eliminated in round one and never won a race again. And you can think, like, oh, it's Jimmy Johnson. Like, this is Superman, right? Like, he's, this guy's not done, and it just it never happened again. And it can, it can flip on a dime. And you see it so many times. Mark Martin won. I don't know how many races in 2009, like five, I think, then a second in the championship, never won again. Like it just, you, you just, it goes away and you don't even know why or how, but all of a sudden you look at it and go, wow, it's been how many years since I won? And all of a sudden you're out the door. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's weird to look back on some of these wins because most, for the most part of these veteran drivers, I mean, wasn't Dale Jr.'s last win like a, rain shortened Phoenix win or 2015 something like Phoenix. I'll never, I was there. I'll never forget that. It was cold, yeah. wet rain. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you would never think, well, this is Dale jr's last win or something no. at the time, you know, like he was, he was clicking like that. We, that team at that time and in 14, they had won four races. That was Greg. Ives' first year's crew chief. They'd won three races that year. Like they were really, really good. And 
they just had a, a tire failure at Kansas and that knocked them out of the playoffs. Like other than that, they were running great, but you're like, no problem. Like you, you guys are going to be back. And then next year concussion, and then he's done in a year and a half. It's like, it goes, man. Yeah. I mean, aside from like sort of the Jeff Gordon Martinsville, uh, we're going to Homestead kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, you know, but even that year was like, remember that year though, like was filled with like frustration. Like, he and Alan Gustafson were on the radio so much. Like, they were, you could hear it. Like, these wins, they weren't winning. They were frustrated. They were not, it was, Jeff was not having his song, his swan song. And then that Martinsville thing. And it's like, even that, it was just, that's a, such a rarity. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is, you, you rarely have a chance to think, wow, this could be this guy's last win. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's why I think, I mean, this, this Harvick thing today, I mean, look, he, he may he obviously believes he's gonna keep winning and all that stuff, but I, I look at this as like, man, this guy's on the tail end of his career. This is a huge victory for him. Um, now, again, I, I I know you didn't hear this on TV, but they were really talking it up how like, aside from his championship, this is like the most clutch win of his career. And I I didn't I don't no. I don't buy that because there's been times like in the playoffs, yeah. um, like there was that Dover Dover. Uh, where he was like he was out of it on points and he had to win that race to continue, yes. and they like pulled themselves out of it and won in in a must win to advance in an elimination race kind of thing. So um, there's been wins like that. I mean that's that's what that team does though, and I think that's what makes them so dangerous in the playoffs because especially this year um, without a clear favorite. I mean you look at we've been hyping up Chase Elliott didn't finish in the top ten today. Been hyping up Ross Chastain. I mean he obviously has speed, but you know, do you trust them to make a long playoff run? Do you trust them to avoid incidents? We've just talked about Denny Hamlin. Um, we just don't really know who is the favorite uh, for these playoffs. And in a situation like that, where, you know, there's there's going to be some shocking eliminations, Harvick is actually very well positioned to make a quiet, sneaky run and just do his thing and sort of advance and be there at the end. And if that's, if that guy, if, if, if the field lets that guy make the final four somehow, holy crap. I mean, you could have a out-of-nowhere shocking championship, and I think that's what is so intriguing about this year. I mean, you have so many different guys. Um, and it's going to be fun, Jordan, at the end of like the regular season or at the end of at end of the year to look back on some of these key moments, but especially now with, with 15 different winners, uh, only one spot left. Truex obviously out at the moment. It could be Blaney. Uh, it could be both of them, depending on what happens in the next three weeks. But you look at these key moments of of these one win saving people's uh, seasons. Like Kyle Busch, for instance. If Chase Briscoe doesn't get into Tyler Reddick at the dirt race and take both them out, leaving Kyle Busch to sail in um, and steal that, steal that win at the Bristol dirt race, Kyle Busch is not in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lot uh, of crazy stuff going on uh depending on how many winners there are uh so yeah i mean it's uh this is this is just a, a wild season i i really i i'm increasingly convinced that there's never going to be anything like this again and uh we just need to again enjoy it as much as possible right now and, and just appreciate it for what it is in the moment not just get five years from now and go wow that was a really cool season how come we didn't <laughs> you know, live in the moment more on that. I, I think this is just uh this is a special year. Two, two things really quick. I want to clean up. Uh, one, it was Jimmy Johnson. It was the number one seed in 2015 and then got eliminated in the playoffs. Not 17. Like I thought, but he did fall out in 17 early. And then the good news, Jeff, 
tech is complete. Kevin Harvick is the winner officially. Oh gosh, you scared me for a second. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have to hurts. do another one. Don't I have been actually, I have been looking at my phone, uh, <laughs> sort of nervously to see oh. if any Twitter notifications pop up. So, uh, so far, we're so good. good. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. The, the, um, the thing I admire about Harvick, and I have always said this, really, I mean, you can. This goes back to his RCR days, even. But the back, but really, since he's been with Stuart Haas, he and Rodney Childers are fighters, and like you put them in corner in a corner, they come out swinging. Like that Dover win that they had, where they had to go to Dover, which is a tough track and things can happen and you go there and you dominate and win. Like their playoffs are filled with those kind of moments. And these guys are grinders, man. They don't, they don't, they don't come out. They just don't let you push over them. They're not, they're going to bully you and they're going to fight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, boy, I, I don't, I don't even know what to make of all this now because I mean, you've got Richmond next week, and you would think that's the most straightforward of the remaining three. After that's Watkins, Glenn, and Daytona. But, I mean, you would have thought Michigan would be relatively straightforward, and we kept giving the caveat of unless something crazy happens, but nothing crazy happened weather-wise or whatever. Uh, it's just the race itself was crazy. So you would think Richmond would be, like, a great chance for Truex to win, maybe. Um, I, I, I don't really— very fat. He was very fast there in the spring, had a great car, and probably should have won that race. So maybe that's, you know, he he's probably looking at that as really big for him uh, because certainly if you're Truex, you don't want to go to, like, Daytona. And, and the road courses, again, for Toyota uh, still haven't been great, right? So uh, you certainly – I think that's your chance if you're Truex. You look at next week as – that's my chance to at least get a win. Now, after that, if you don't, then you hope that something happens to Blaney and you can pass him in points. He's 19 points behind Blaney. But again, then you're leaving it up to chance at like Daytona that like an Eric Jones or a Bubba Wallace or a Brad Kozlowski doesn't go out at Daytona and steal the last spot. Um, and that's if there's no new winner at Watkins Glen, because if there's a new winner at Watkins Glen, uh, then a lot of it doesn't matter. Uh, like Keselowski, for instance, is so low in points that if there's already 16 winners going into Daytona, Keselowski wins. He's so far down that he's not going to get even the wins. Not going to help him. Um, the one, the one thing that's sort of an uncomfortable topic, uh, Jordan, is Kurt Busch, right? Like we praised him. Hey, you know, he did the best thing for his health. He he didn't try to hide this. He was honest about uh, his concussions. Now he still hasn't been cleared, but this has dropped him now to. Uh, the lowest one-win driver in points. And, you know, he's hoping to come back at Richmond, but if there are 17 winners, uh, you know, he could be getting the boot based on what he was trying to do for for his health and be honest about what was happening to him instead of trying to hide it as a lot of drivers perhaps would. So, you know, that's that's concerning. That's not great. Um, uh, but, you know, that that's... That will be a, a bridge to cross later, but there's just so many scenarios floating out there now that I'm thinking about this, this 16 winners thing, or or just even how it is now. It's it's very intriguing uh, playoff scenario. A, a lot can happen. I, I just don't see. I think Richmond's gonna be really straightforward. I, I really do. And even uh, even today, even with Harvick winning, like to me, this wasn't like a shocking surprise. Like I know Toyota was really fast here, but like again. Harvick had speed. He's been good this year. Like it's it's been overlooked a little bit. He's like him doing this is not a complete shock. So it, I don't think we're going to see the next two weeks at Richmond and Watkins Glen, specifically at Richmond. I don't just don't think we're going to get that out of nowhere winner because that just doesn't really happen there. I mean, I guess you could say maybe Alex Bowman last year, but 
more often than not, it's, it's pretty predictable who's going to win that race. It kind of unfolds naturally. Uh, Daytona, that's that's going to be that's going to be wild. That's going to be a street fight. Are you uncomfortable at all? Like now that the scenario is more is closer to happening, are are you uncomfortable at all with like the prospect of the second place driver in the point standings not making the playoffs? Does that bother you as a longtime follower of NASCAR? That's a really good question. I was actually going to ask you the same thing. And here's my answer. No, because you need to be, you, you've had 26 opportunities to win a race. And you know this and you, you don't have any excuses. Like you don't make the playoffs and you finish second points. Okay. I'm sorry, but that's the way this is. And it's a little bit on unpre- It's very unprecedented because the highest guy in points not to make it was Clint Boyer who did it twice, by the way, <laughs> poor Clint. And I just don't feel bad because everybody's operating under the same premise. If you know what you have to do, you either have to win the regular season championship or you've got to win a race. And if you don't, at the end of the day, that's that's the rules. Yeah, surprisingly, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I I I feel like everybody knows the rules going into it, and you know, the objective is to win a race in the regular season to secure a playoff spot. And if there's any left on points, you can get that. Now he's having a, a solid season obviously to be second in points but that's not nascar anymore that's not it's not uh it's not the season long points thing it's not about consistency it's not about top fives it's it's a heavy emphasis on winning so my, i would have a much bigger problem with a race winner in the top 30 missing it than i would with the second place yes. winless person missing it i would i would go Ooh, man, I, I don't love that because like we've said before i i, I wish i would just i wish they would just say Anybody that wins a race in the regular season, you're in, um, and and just take away those, and then they eliminate an extra driver in the first round. But you know, again, it's if it's same rules for everybody. If the rules don't change during the season, if they don't add a 13th driver to the playoffs, Jeff Gordon, um, stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that bothers me. Sticking to the rules and what they told everybody to start the year, no matter how crazy the scenario. That doesn't bother me. So, I mean, it would suck for Blaney, obviously, or Truex, whoever yeah. is that or person both. that's higher in points. Both. Yeah, both, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just that's that's the rules, and they all know what the rules are, and that's that's why that's why these races are so compelling and why we focus on the win so much and, and how much it means. I think that that has made these races watchable. You know, I, I get a lot of, uh, you know, IndyCar, for instance, um, and we're, we're not going to talk a lot about it because you didn't get to watch it and mine cut off halfway through because it left NBC for an infomercial and my screens were already taken up by, my streaming parts were already straight taken up by uh, by NASCAR. But, um, you know, they, they have a very tight points battle going on. And so I got some replies on Twitter. Oh, look, a season-long points battle can be so great. You know what the season points battle would be right now in NASCAR? Uh, if it would be 119 points is what Chase Elliott is up by over Ryan Blaney that, you know, and then everybody would be going, Oh man, I missed the playoffs. So this isn't fun. This is, this sucks. So that's not a good argument right now. I think NASCAR has gone full bore of like the absolute entertainment element. And this is what is making their series entertaining right now. And like I said, I believe this is the best season I can remember in terms of storylines. So they're not going to change it at this point, Jordan. I would agree, and I would say that I I really got sick of hearing drivers get out of the race car and say I had a good points day today. Like, finishing third, and they were happy with that. To me, it feels like the intensity and the competitiveness has been amplified because of this playoff format. 
where a, a race at Michigan in the summer in the other format would have been like, oh, shrug your shoulders, like, oh, okay, that was cool, whatever, and it's just kind of forgotten about because in the grand scheme, it really was kind of meaningless. Whereas today, this race at Michigan, our New Hampshire where Christopher Bell wins, our Tyler Reddick at Road America wins, it means something. It's significant. And sports should be about winning. It's not about consistency. It's about winning. And that's what everybody at the end of the day talks about is winning races and winning a championship. I, I like a format that rewards drivers who go out and win races. It's great to be consistent. And Ryan Blaney has had a very good season. And he should be proud of that season. But he also is winless. And if you're going to ask him what he would prefer, he's going to take a win over consistency. And that's just the reality of it. And I think – I don't even think it's like NASCAR saying, like jerry-rigging this to be entertaining or compelling. It's just like this is what people want to see. Like in terms of this makes the on-track product better because people care about winning. It's not like just settling into like, oh, I want to lead a lap and get those five bonus points, lead the most laps, get more bonus points, and I'm going to be happy finishing fifth. It's like, no, I'm going out there. And I'm going to do anything I can get to, to get a win. And I got to make people mad to do it. Then so be it. I mean, to me, it's like that's that's part of the reason. It certainly had to be part of the reason that Bubba was so crushed today after finishing second. I mean, fourth straight top 10. He's running 100%. The, easily the best he's ever run in his career. He's finally seeming to to find his form, find his stride. And, you know, those questions that we had earlier in the year, we were hard on Bubba a lot for much of this season saying he's just not living up to expectations. He's underachieving. What's the future for him? Um, you know, at some point, you know, how, how do you look at him? Does he keep his job? Clearly he's proven himself now. I mean, he's, he's running well, but at the same time, he can't really enjoy that. And he's more disappointed because it's not only just a win that slips away. It's that playoff spot. That's his opportunity to get in the playoffs and he sees it gone right there, you know? And, and it's like, well, He's obviously not going to win a road course. I mean, maybe he can keep it up at Richmond, but is he going to win at Richmond? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty much like, oh, I got to roll the lottery at a restrictor plate race to see if I can make it. That's not a position anybody wants to be in, given how the nature of those things goes. So, um, yeah, I just think that that adds to the drama and and the heightened feel of everything, and and it just it feels bigger. Now, I, I will say though that this it's it's not just the format because. It, the, it's the format plus the amount of different winners. If you had situations like we've had in the past where, you know, a Harvick is winning nine races a year, a Larson's winning 10 races a year, and they just win another one and it's like piling up the playoff points, then the summer is kind of boring still, you know? If it was like, if somebody won for the sixth time today or fifth time today, and you're just like, oh, well, well, they got more playoff points, you just kind of move on, you know? And it, it wouldn't be a memorable race, but... It's the amount of different winners, and it's what it means, um, and it's sort of the out-of-nowhere unexpectedness uh, of it all that I think is is making it super compelling. And your point is, is spot on about Bubba, because after the race, he said this hurt more than Daytona, because this was a race that he felt like he should have won. They were fast in qualifying, fast in the race, and it got away. And because he didn't win today in a race that he thought he had the best car, he doesn't have that win on the year, and now he's staring at missing the playoffs. And the next three races are no gimmies by any means. And it's why he got out of his race car and he had tears in his eyes, and his eyes were swelling, and why you know crew guys walked up to him and he had like long honks. It's like this stung because winning matters, not points days or anything else. Winning, and that's what this should be about. I mean, yeah, he could he could barely get through his TV interview. I mean, he was, you know, lost for words, choked up 
crying. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you can tell it's, it's a lot of pressure. And when you think you're going to be able to, uh, you know, check that box and, um, sort of shut up the haters for a minute and prove to yourself you can do it. And, um, I mean, it's, this is a hard, hard thing to do, uh, at this level. Um, can I make a quick note about this? Yeah. I, I want to make sure, like, I thought NASCAR handled the last few laps very, very well in how they officiated this. Like, it would have been very easy for them to call a caution for Daniel Suarez when he had the flat tire, but I thought they handled it well. Like, didn't immediately mash the button and call for the caution. Like, let it play out. Is there debris on the track? They checked. No debris. Let the race finish. Could have been very easy to set that up and get your, you know, your, your, your shootout finish, if you will. I liked how they handled that. I think that deserves a, a shout out. And I would say that there was enough, if they had called it there, there was enough like debris that appeared sure. to be shedding that I don't think people would have been like, oh, that's a BS caution or whatever. Like there was, there was things flying off that car. It was a flat tire, all that stuff. So I don't think it would have been, people would have been like, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe they're rigging this. I mean, you would have had some people, but the general sentiment would have been, wouldn't have been like, this is a phantom caution. Like this would have been like, Oh, well there's crap. All over the track, Right. But, um, yeah, they, they let it play out. So, uh, kudos to them. And, um, you know, I'm sure the conspiracy type people were confused. It's funny. I tweeted about that. Um, like, Oh man, this is a a big blow to the conspiracy theorists. And I actually got some people saying, you're just trying to stir stuff up. Um, like there's nobody that really thinks that people try to rig. And I'm like, um, <laughs> have you checked Twitter lately? Yeah. Like, have you ever lived in my Twitter mentions for like five minutes? Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, just do like a 30 second search and you're, I'm telling you right now. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Um, wow. Yeah. So crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you there. You, you mentioned, uh, the start times earlier. Um, I don't care anymore. I don't care. <laughs> I don't you know what. I know I don't care. I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. But am I going to get all out of shape every single time that a track with no lights has a late afternoon summer start when you know there's probably going to be thunderstorms? And no, I'm not. I'm not. It's great entertainment. I hope so. It's their business. You know what? I'm just. I'm just here. I'm just here. It's not. It has nothing. You know what? I can't. I just can't. I can't spend the the type of uh, emotional energy or whatever on that kind of stuff. Speaking of which, Jordan. What? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so you're okay with a, a track with no lights starting its race? I'm not okay with it. I think it's absolutely stupid and self-defeating in a lot of ways, but um, that's this is what they want to do. This is what the tracks and TV networks and NASCAR want to do. I, I'm I'm not going to like go on a rant every single time about it or make a rap song or something. Um, I, I'm, it's just, no, it's just not worth it. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. I'm glad they got, the, I'm extremely glad they got the race in today. Trust me. Um, I'm, I'm very happy for everybody that they got to see a full race. Weather didn't look good. Only a 90 minute delay or whatever looked like could have been a lot worse. So thank goodness. So, they got what it. I'm hearing is that you're okay. Then if we just move all races to late afternoons, even with tracks without light, it doesn't matter if I'm okay. It simply doesn't. Uh, it matters to me if you're okay, Jeff, it matters to me. You know what, you know, what matters is that last week when I was down about the poll, I got probably, I don't know, half a dozen, 10, maybe uh, DMS, from our lovely listeners who many of, you know, most well, all of you, I consider my friends. I mean, I'm talking to you like you're my friends, I'm talking to you, Jordan, and everybody else. I, I consider, you know, if you're a friend of the podcast, you're a friend of mine. Right. And I got nice 
uh, like people that were like legitimate concern about me, like, hey, Jeff, you sound really down about the poll um, that it, you know, was getting rigged and you sound frustrated about it and aggravated and, you know, don't take it hard. And, you know, we we like it. We like what you're doing. And, and you know, don't worry about what people are saying on Twitter. You know, like pep talks. I got pep talks from people. And uh, I, I wasn't trying to fish for that, but it was nice that people cared enough or felt concerned enough that they were like, were like, you know what, um, our, our buddy Jeff here on the podcast, he's uh, he's unhappy. And I just thought that was nice that people took the, the time from a, a human. Why, why are you shaking your head? I just, you're softy. You're, you're just, you need like a hug or what? Like, let me get you like a card or some balloons or what? You know what happened to me today? I was walking down pit road and before the race and someone said hey love the podcast and i stopped and chat with them and they both there's two guys they're like we love it when you give jeff a hard time keep giving him a hard time i'm like you two are my new favorite listeners and i gave them a hug uh, they're not my friends i was saying that everybody listening to the podcast is my friends those two people are not my friends they, um, it was it was great I, I wish i remember their names and i'm sorry but you're probably they're probably listening what you guys said today about giving jeff a hard time i took that to heart so thank you what a great guy uh, anyway, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I, I know we're this is a little bit on the shorter side, but again, we didn't really have much to say about IndyCar, and there's no F1 race this week. Did they crash just a ton in IndyCar today? Eight on cautions, one red flag, uh, a lot of craziness. Apparently, Scott Dixon uh, wins the race. Very tight points battle, which is nice. It's good for them. Yeah. But See, the NASCAR should have that, Jeff. NASCAR yeah, should yeah. have that. They do. It's called the playoffs, <laughs> and it's going to be very exciting this fall. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. So uh, Richmond next week, Watkins Glen, Daytona. Um, yeah, any, any other final thoughts about Michigan there? It delivered. Great race today. A lot of fun. Ah, I'm, I'm already looking forward to next week, honestly. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm – Yeah, I'm tempered. It's just it, – it's, it's short well, tracks. Well, the short it's tracks really have stunk. But this season has been so crazy, we don't know what we're going to get. So – You know what? Maybe you see some like Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain and whatever else and – you just, I mean, you, we do not know. That's the one thing. Yeah, we do me. not know what's going to happen this season. So I, I hope Team Chaos reigns next week. If it's been anything like any other week, it will. Anyway, uh, everybody, thank you so much, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time on The Teardown.